Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Well, a couple of episodes back, the, when we were talking Mr. Capaldi's stories, uh, we were going on about that being a two-story uh, episode and how good the first one was and just how not <laughs> up to scratch the second one was. And here we are, yeah, a couple of episodes later, itself, yeah. history repeating itself. What a shocker to watch. Uh, mind you, I watched them in order and you didn't. No, I watched them the other way round, with, with the sort of thought being that um, the three Doctors I'm so familiar with, if I don't get a chance to watch it, I could probably wing it. Mm. Um, so I thought, um, could I wing Ark of Infinity? I couldn't even remember much about it. Uh, so yeah I watched them the wrong way around but it, it did leave me though with I'd got past the terrible into the good whereas you had you had gone through the good yeah and I knew what was coming a, as well and of, um, boy boy yeah, boy oh boy something nasty tasting yeah and the way that you watched it the way around you watched it did you it make the three doctors look even better than it it, was it did, and I, I'm not saying that Three Doctors is like a perfect program because I think there's, I mean, in in both of these, the some of some of the sequences are the definition of padding, um, but just the the effort being put in to the Three Doctors by all concerned, compared with the utter lack of any effort in the the Peter Davison story, um, was just mind-numbingly shocking i it, couldn't believe you can't believe it's the it, same show really no, can you, no, it's, you know? it, it, it yeah it, it is I, ca I can't think of really two stories that are so miles apart covering the same character yes well well it, yeah. it, they are so let's uh, crack on and get into it so we yeah. will go chronologically so yeah um the the three doctors first oh by the way all right. Um, we are going to focus just on what we know from what we've seen on our TV screens because I started to slip down that rabbit hole oh, no. of looking into Omega. Extended universe. Gordon Bennett, the amount of tosh that's been written about Which him. It's strange for such a simple character. It's it's. I, I just gave up. It's like no, yeah. no, no. I don't want to know what his wife was called. I don't want to know about his <laughs> friendship Omega, with Rassilon. I don't want to know about you know um, how he knew K9. And oh what? He, he, yeah, how he, he know K9. He met K9 in one one story. He, he's been in lots he of did. audios. He's been in lots of. Yeah. Uh, novels and stuff like that all padding it out and extending it and it's like uh, I don't think so uh, where is it I've got it written down somewhere where is it where is it where is it um, yeah apparently in one he meets or no that chicken thing right the Ergon yeah, the Ergon. yeah here it is where is it uh, Omega sent the Ergon to survey the planet 
right? Ended up in Perivale, where it may, met Ace, who was working in a fast food restaurant. She didn't realise it was an alien and gave it some chips, which it put, took back to Omega. Omega didn't like them, claiming that they didn't have any salt on them. Oh, dear. That's what from a book. That? that was in a book? That's, that's from a book. <coughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. They'll publish anything these days. Yeah. Um, all I'll say about, you know, what's been written in his backstories and stuff that uh, is that he was married at the time yeah. he disappeared. Uh, and chips. Yeah. He was married to a lady uh, called Patience, and his, mm. his, his original name was Pylix. 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 Patience. Yeah. He was given the nickname Omega because that was his grade. He got Omega grade, which is the lowest possible grade you can get for an essay that he had written about the possibilities of increasing Gallifreyan power by exploding a star. I hate See, this is why I left, all right? And it's like, uh, no, I think we'll stick with what we see and what we know from the TV show, all right? So, all right then, uh, three doctors, of course, uh, the anniversary show. Um, yes. Filmed in November, and boy, doesn't it look like it when you it, see the... It looks perishing, to be fair. When did you first uh, encounter the Three Doctors? I think I watched it on yeah. transmission. I don't remember watching it, um, but um, I don't remember watching it, you know, on transmission. I guess the next time I saw it was when... Was it repeated at any point? It was on the... It was, uh, well, it was shown as the five, in the Five Faces of Doctor Who season. Um... I, I, I imagine it must be one that has been repeated sometime in the 70s. Um, my first experience of it, because I, I, I definitely don't remember it from the first time round, um, but I remember the novelisation with the great Jack Kirby knockoff cover, mm -hmm. and um, also I remember the Weetabix cards. Of the, oh. Now here, here's what we should we need to define. So do you? Do you go with gel guards or gel guards? I always thought it was gel guards. Oh, I always go with gel guards. Gel guards. Yeah. Do you do GIF or GIF? GIF. It's GIF. No, it, oh, oh, it's... we're going to fall out in this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, would you say Gary or Jerry? Jerry. <laughs> just to be awkward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Jerry. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'd forgotten yeah. about the Weetabix cards. Of course, yeah, they were yes, on there, yeah. and Omega was on there as well. Yeah, um, and um, I remember the, the, from the Duck 2 Monster book, there was nice illustrations, and I, always, I was always intrigued by this this uh, fella in the, the mask. It's like, what's, what's he about? What's his story? Um, and then the first time I saw it was, of course, the, uh, the Five Faces season. Yeah, that um, must have been the next time I saw it. Yeah, which was uh, 81, wasn't it? I think either 80 or 81, because it was the start of Peter Davison's era. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, I loved it. I, I fell in love with the story. It, like I say, it's not the, it's not the most full story. There's padding galore, but as we'll get to... Oh, there's just there's sequences to just lose yourself. Yes. Delightful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's start. As I say, a very yep. windswept, horrible November. All, yes. all, all this uh, location filming was done, and uh, yeah, we've got Ollis and the weather balloon. Ollis yes. then vanishing. Do you, do you know Ollis is actually a real surname? I've never met an Ollis. 
Yeah, because I think in the book that I think Terrence Dix changes it to Hollis. Oh, okay. Well, Hollis yeah, with yeah, an Hollis. O is Anglo-Saxon. Really? And it's a topographical name for a dweller by a group of holly trees or home oak. Really? Yeah. He does look a bit like an Anglo-Saxon, doesn't he? He so does. He looks like the type amazing, that would live, yeah. live yeah. in the bushes as well. Yes, that's true, yeah. Yeah. And harass swans. Um, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> he, uh, uh, a nice start, actually. The music is awful, I have to say, the music in this one. Well, it's this great. era of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, um, it's it's bad in Ark of Infinity as well, though, having said well, that. yes, yeah, that's true. The music in that is awful. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, it's a nice start, an unusual start, um, because we're sort of, yeah, we, we, we're familiar with this weather balloon, and then Mr. Ollis... Uh, has a poke about and disappears. I do like that sound effect. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, and then uh, Dr. Tyler appears. Yes. Um, I'm not sure on Dr. Tyler. I, what, I, what do you mean? Uh, well, he he worries me a bit in that I'm, I'm not entirely sure he's a doctor. Because <laughs> he, uh, he spouts some right old nonsense later on. Mm. Theories and that. But but the, I, I quite like the character because he's he's one of those scientific characters that uh, that just accepts the doctor that it's like that instant John Pertwee's instant I'm in charge yeah do what I say and it, yeah it, they, they work very well together um, yeah because he he goes off to Unit HQ doesn't yeah, he yeah. to um and to, to have a the, coffee with the brigadier and the doctor yeah, and Joe the wonderful the wonderful secret. Unit HQ with a whopping great sign yeah. outside, <laughs> <laughs> listing the Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Um, if if my my biggest my biggest sort of um, big sort of cross mark no tick. I know what you're going to say. Are you going to say the Brigadier? Yeah, you're going to say that he's yeah. played for laughs and he's a bit of a buffoon because you've well, mentioned this before. Yeah, he's he's a buffoon in it, but he's also. He's 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 almost on the verge of a nervous breakdown. He shouts at everyone. Yeah. Um, it, but it, yeah, he's he's not an idiot normally. In this, he's an idiot. Yeah, a suspicious idiot because you yeah. know when 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 Tyler says everyone's seen it, the Yanks yeah. and the other lot. Oh, oh. goes yeah. to Brigadier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Switching the moustache. Episode one is the Briggs' best episode, I think, in this, in that he hasn't quite gone off the deep end. We get another unit lab don't we it doesn't match anything we've no. seen up to this point um and then we yeah we get the uh the, the lovely scene where the brig is like is there anyth anything i can do and the yes. doctor says yes pass me one of those silicon rods <laughs> and he stirs his tea with it Pertwee did this stuff to perfection and then he goes well i mean is there anything unit can do and then when the doctor says not really it's like oh i'm off then <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah um and then the, yeah and, and what the, what I love about this, this, these four little episodes, is I think this is Benton's best set of episodes. Benton in this, because obviously it was meant, he was given dialogue that was meant to be Jamie. Yes. Um, Benton is great in this. He's intelligent. He's loyal. He's quick. He's not an idiot. So it's like he gets an upgrade, but the brig gets a downgrade. He does, he does, yeah. yeah. He's a bit of a petulant child because, you know, he doesn't yeah. like the fact that it's meant to be a top-secret base and, yeah. you know... Liberty Tyler, Hall! Liberty <laughs> Hall! Because Tyler's got free run of the place, yeah. hasn't he? he? He is literally... Um, he's Colonel Blimp in this, isn't he? He's that, yeah. yeah. That sort of blinkered 
military. And it's such a shame because he isn't normally. No. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know why he's played like this in this. I don't. But I, I think Nicholas is enjoying it. I think everybody's oh, loving it. it. Yeah, I think it, everyone's loving this. You can see the the fact that this was something special for them. Yes. Um, it's interesting, um, sort of, when you you watch the making of and that 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 certainly during rehearsals um, there was a huge amount of animosity between Pat Troughton and John Pertwee, um, but. I ho- hopefully they they sort of patched it up before they filmed it, but it doesn't show at all. No, you know you get the feeling they're loving working with each other. Yes, yeah. I, I mean the characters themselves. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Don't get on. Butt heads, yeah. but uh, yeah. Hopefully they did. Yeah. Yeah. I hope uh, so. Yeah. Well, Tyler vanishes um, yes. via this dodgy CSO blob, which comes out of the box and then goes down yeah. the plug hole. Um, I quite like it's it's a it's a feather boa, isn't it? It's a feather boa on a stick, yes. Yeah. Which they it, yeah 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 then. It coloured. reminded me of the. Do you remember in Vision on those like feather boa worm things that were on strings? Oh yes, zip about, and it reminds me a bit of that. I don't think it's a bad effect, to be honest. It's the CSO. That's what it is. Yeah, CSO. Just it's there's there's a few sequences in this where CSO overload, and it it just. It was never a good technology. It just wasn't perfected, was it, by this point? No, um, no. But yeah, it uh, it creeps out and it it zaps Doctor Tyler. Yeah. And he disappears. And then it zaps Bessie outside. Yeah. yeah. So the doc- the Doctor, meanwhile, has gone off to look at, uh, gone off to look at. Uh, the light just went off. That was weird. Um, has gone off to look at uh, where the weather balloon came down, and uh, then he comes back, and yeah, this. They, they, they're sort of by the unit garage and um, this stuff comes up out the drain <laughs> and zaps Bessie. Mm. Yeah, because um, it's after the Doctor we, we, we're shortly going to yes, find yeah, out. We, well, the, the Doctor works out that you know he was in Bessie, it zapped Bessie, he was in the lab, it zapped the lab. So it's after him. Um, and then we get that really weird sort of, um, I, I, I call it an x-ray, but it's not, that, that sort of plasma sheet image yes and he goes it's dr tyler and i'm looking going no it's not no it's not it doesn't look anything like him it's not it's not even got a tash um but they yeah they they realize that that whatever this thing is it's it's taken dr tyler into a black hole through a singularity yeah faster than the speed of light yeah which of course impossible Hmm. um but yeah so so this this sort of um I don't know what you call it, blobby. It's meant to be a blob, and it's sort of blobby energy thing. Uh, yeah, is is definitely after the Doctor. And then I think the um, with the, the gel strip gel guards, Mister yeah. Blobbies. Yeah, they arrive with our Holy yeah. Moses from yeah. that unit uh, soldier. The, the unit soldiers are terrible in this, <laughs> but representative because unit were never. I don't think they ever had the crack troops, did they? No. But this this guy, um, yeah, Holy Moly. <laughs> and then they just start shooting at it. It's yes. Like, Hang on. How do you know it's not like someone in a Halloween costume? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what that is. No. I mean, they just stand in there, and and I I, I love the design of the gel. Oh yeah, yeah. Guards. I, agree. I love these. Um, until the point they start moving, and then they're like shuffling around like Alpha Centauri, aren't yeah. they? I think they're all right when they they're sort of moving, but they're showing it from the waist up. But as soon as you see them in long shot. Yeah. It, the illusion is is greatly reduced. Yeah, and a, a, as bad as that is, their voices as well. Just <laughs> no, oh dear. 
Um, it, um, what, there used to be, was it the Soup Dragon used to make? Yes, it, it sounds yeah. just like the blooming Soup Dragon. Yeah. And their shape, um, they were always remind me of the, uh, the blobby aliens in Space 1999, yes. you know, the Bringers yeah. of Wonder. That's true, yeah. These big blobs. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, um, and later on when we see Omega's um, air quotes castle, um, they must have like uh, I don't presumably vac form or, or cast these these hemispheres like by the hundred weight. There's hundreds in that, this that, and different sizes. Yeah, as well. different sizes, different colours. Unless they um, are EMA, you know, hemispheres maybe clear yeah, hemispheres could, could be. then tinted. But yeah, there's an yeah. awful lot of them. Can you imagine if they are and how much that would cost you to reproduce? Given oh, the cost of now, you know, I've, I've given them enough it. money just lately. Yeah. Uh, they're not having any more. Um, <laughs> so yeah, battle ensues, doesn't yes. it, between yeah, we'll the unit a lovely, soldiers? Uh, a lovely unit battle. Um, yeah. I always like a bit of uh, unit action. Um, Benton gets to do some some soldiering for a yeah. change. Yeah. Um, I do like that um, uh, the Doctor or, or Joe Grant says something like um, um, they've got a really good graph of military tactics and the other person goes well let's hope Sergeant Benton's is better I wouldn't put any money no 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 bless I do like the gel guards. They've only got one arm, haven't they? Yes, yeah, like a shrimp arm, isn't it? Like a shrimp arm. Yeah. And, yeah, when they fire their arm, oh, I like the, the little... Sp- yeah, I like the sparkly lights inside yeah, like it. And the sound effect. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I do like stuff. the sound. I like the eyes as well. I like the fact that there's an eye in there. Yeah, um, it's it's that. not that clear, but sometimes you can see that, yeah. indeed, yeah, it has got a single eye, which is yeah. moving backwards and forwards. Um and unusually for, for Doctor Who, you know, unit are losing the battle, aren't yeah. they? There's only four gel guards. They only made four yeah. suits, but you're meant to believe there's far more. Yeah, to be to be fair as well, there's not that many unit troops, is there? Um, I do like, there's there's one scene where um, they're using like a Vickers machine gun, firing away, and then the troops just run in front of it. <laughs> oh, God, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's Benton in charge, isn't Benton, it? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah speaking really, of... Sorry, Brig, I've killed all our own men. <laughs> Speaking of, of Benton, we get that yes. famous moment where he goes inside the TARDIS for, yes, the, first for the first time. time. As well, Sergeant, aren't you going to say? You know, yeah. uh, and so that's pretty good. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty obvious, isn't it, Doc? I love as well that Benton gets away with calling the Doctor Doc in this. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it, it sort of flash forwards to Graham. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The 13th Doctor. Um, yeah, Be- Benton is... Is one of the real highlights of this. He, uh, yeah, I was going to say Ian Levine. Oops, John Levine is uh, is great in this. This is, yeah. is, is is this should be on his show reel, shouldn't it? This yeah, story. Well, maybe it is. Um, this uh, TARDIS interior and especially yeah. the console, you know, um, it it was redesigned by Tim Gleason, but it got damaged, and so. Roger Limpton had to step in and, and, and rebuild it and start all over again. And by that point, they knew that this was going to be the anniversary shot show. So he went back to photos of the original set yeah. and tried to recreate it as closely as he could. Yeah, so we, we get the, um, the sort of the weird uh, ceiling um, decoration. I don't know what they're meant to be uh, behind the monitor and we get various little nods to the original TARDIS. Not quite as big or expansive, and certainly not as in good condition. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice. I quite like this TARDIS interior. Yeah, no, it's good. It's yeah. good. 
And uh, the Doctor has to send a, a message to the Time Lords, an SOS to the Time Lords, and that's when we see the Time Lords. Um, yes. What do you think of this uh, depiction I, of the Time Lords I really and the like, sets? I really like this idea of the Time Lords, because the, the unequivocally, uh, I can't even say it, unequivocally, yeah. these are guardians of the universe, aren't they? They, 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 they say that it's our sworn duty to protect lesser species blah yes. blah blah yeah I, I really like these they seem powerful they they've compare the way that these are acted with what we get in the next story mm. which is basically a bunch of old men walking about it's a bunch slowly. of old lovies isn't it yeah these ones and i like i like the uh, I, I i don't know which one's in charge but the um the slightly heavier set man um He's really good. He's, yeah, he looks like a yeah. farmer. Yeah, he, he does. He does look like a farmer. Yes, uh, and they 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 they're losing power, aren't they? The universe is losing power through the black hole. Um, which I mean, I was going to say it doesn't look like a black hole. Certainly not what we're used to a black hole being portrayed as. Um, but yeah, very very uh, very of its time. This worry yeah. about black holes eating the universe. Yeah. I like the farmer. I think he's good. But I don't like the president because he is a massive plank of wood. That yes. guy playing the the, 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 the the guy in charge, oh my goodness. You, you feel he's just learnt his lines or just seen his lines. Yes. Yeah, he's not he's not the greatest. Um, mm. But they get this uh, they get this idea, don't they, that they, they want to send help to the doctor because they know that the it's aimed at the doctor on Earth, this uh, this energy drain. I don't know because it's, it's across the other side of the galaxy, so I'm not entirely sure how they can pinpoint it direct to one small house in Buckinghamshire. Um, but yeah, that, so they they decide, and this this is sort of revolutionary, isn't it? Because we we take this very much for granted now. But they decide to bring one of the older doctors back. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. It it must have been. For people watching this in 1973, it must have been just astounding. Yeah, you, yeah. The Doctor never meets himself. No, he never crosses yeah. the, the the time streams, does exactly, he? Exactly. Yeah. And um, so they decide to uh, to bring back the second Doctor. They're very clear that it's this is the first and second Doctors. Yes. Yeah. They say this, the first Doctor, you know, which uh, you know has upset a lot of fans <laughs> with Chris Chibnall's. Nah, it wasn't the first. Um, but they they decide to in in with with wonderful wisdom they decide to bring in Patrick Troughton and he proceeds to steal the program. Oh my! Every, he's amazing. Oh my goodness! Yeah. From the second his yep. hand comes yep. out and yep. takes that flute, he's nailed it. He's got this, this hasn't yeah. he? That's odd. Nobody touched anything today. No. no. Well, you heard it though, didn't you? Yes, and felt it too. Could it be that stuff outside? No, I don't think so. I don't... Hello, what's this? Oh, it's... Seems strangely familiar. Is it yours, Joe? Flute? No. Well, properly speaking, it's a recorder. Thank you. <gasps> I was wondering where that had got to. You haven't been trying to play this, have you? Oh, I can see you've been doing the TARDIS up a bit. Hmm. I don't like it. Oh, my word. Oh, dear. 
We are in trouble, aren't we? Just as when I turned up. Doctor, Doctor where, where did you spring from? Now, don't tell me. Corporal Benton, isn't it? Sergeant Benton, now. How do you do, my dear? Nice to see you. I haven't seen you since that nasty business with the Cybermen. All those years ago. Christian, how did he get in here? Well, it's a bit difficult to explain, Joe. He's not one of them, is he? Well, not so much one of them as one of us. One of me, to be precise. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, my dear. I hate to be contrary, but I can see he's a little bit confused. Poor old chap, and I do feel you should have the correct explanation. You don't mind, do you? Yes. I didn't think you would. You see, Joe... I may call you Joe Maintime. You see, he is one of me. Oh, I see. You're both Time Lords. Well, quite. Well, not quite. Oh. Not, not just Time Lords. We're the same Time Lord. Now, please, you're only confusing my assistant. Joe, it's all quite simple. I am he, and he is me. And we are all together, Goo Goo Kichu? Mm. What? It's a song by the Beatles. Oh, how does it go? Oh, please be quiet. Look, is he really you? Yes, yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> so. I think he is, Miss Grant. You see, when the brig and I first met the doctor, he looked like him. How? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. You've got no right to be here. Perhaps. What about the first law of time? Perhaps I could explain. Perhaps you could. Well, our fellow time lords out there are just as much under siege as we are. What? And they couldn't send anyone to help you. But they did summon up enough temporal energy to lift me out of my bit of our time stream and pop me down here, into my own future, so to speak. Why? My dear fellow, you are being a bit dim, aren't you? Your effectiveness is now doubled. Halved, more like. Now, now, there's no need to be ungracious. Suppose we have a look uh, at our problem, shall we? Uh, you don't mind, do you? Oh, be my guest. Oh, thank you. This is his show, and I, I sort of can see why perhaps there was a bit of animosity, because I can imagine John Pertwee not being that happy that this interlopers come in and shown, you know, just oh, he's, he's he's wonderful. Every line is a gem. Every line is performed perfectly. His partnership with Benton, I just want to see more of that. Oh, when so when good. he sees Benton, it's Corporal oh, yeah. Benton. Shake, shake, yeah. shake and of he, the uh, hand. And I love it that he, um, Benton just does that three strike maneuver that Cannon and Ball used to do in the Boys in Blue. It's like Sergeant now. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. It's and he's so happy to see him. Yes. So happy to see him. Um, but yeah, ben, Benton, yeah, is because uh, he obviously recognises him, and uh, but Joe doesn't. She has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, the, the, he doesn't meet the brig yet. Does he meets the brig in episode two? So yeah. So no. at the moment, it's just Benton in there, isn't it? Presumably, before he appears, the Time Lords have explained what's happening because yeah. he seems to, he already knows that the guy in the velvet jacket is yes. himself, that he yeah. is the next one and everything. Well, they must have, they must have briefed him or some, somehow because later on when he's talking to the Brigadier and talking about the Third Doctor, he's very much of opinion, I, I don't know, it's not happened to me. There's no point talking about it. Yes. Um, but he knows at this point, yeah, that there's an energy drain. He knows what the situation is. He briefs the doctor, um, the third doctor. So, yeah, I I wonder how... Did they pull him out of time and have a chat with him? Or with telepathic communication, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I tell, I, I tell, I tell you what, um, you, you know, I always find a bit odd is that this reverence that they both have for the first doctor... But the first Doctor's the youngster. Yes. If, it, if anyone's got 
really should have a respect shown to him. It would be the third Doctor because he's so much older than the yeah, two young they're, whippersnappers. They're definitely going with the actor's age yes. here rather than, yeah, because Hartnell is he's sort of the teenage one, isn't he? He's, it's like, don't listen to him, he's a kid. Um, but, yeah, it, they go with this, that the first Doctor, because the, the timeline, they're, they're squabbling, the, two, the second and third Doctor squabble like mad. So the timelines decide that they need they need the first doctor to to bring a bit of order. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, he gets stuck in a time eddy, or yes. whatever they call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you say about that squabbling. I mean, I'm I'm going to play right. the audio yeah. of of you know the doctor, the second yeah. doctor arriving in full because I can't cut bits out. But you know, all this thing at one of me. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> goes the same. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's played to perfection, isn't it? Yeah, and when Joe says, oh, it's a song by the Beatles, he goes, oh, oh really? Yeah. How does it go? <laughs> I, you know, I, I love the second Doctor in this. He's grown on me more and more and more. As we're doing, as we're looking into these things, he's rapidly rising yeah. up in my estimation. Yeah, he, he is totally you're, you're consistent with what we yeah. saw yeah. in his run. It's a bit odd to see him in colour, um, yeah, I said it, that about the, really the two is, doctors. Yeah. It's odd to see Patrick Troughton in colour rather than black and white. Yeah, um, it, it is. It is strange to see him in colour and in sort of high def. Um, and you, you, you can see that the costume is not in the best of conditions. Um, but yeah, it, you're right. There's something odd about. I mean, it's even more so when we then see the first doctor. Mm. Um, and this this is this is both a, a a wondrous thing and and very sort of um, saddening, isn't it? That poor William Hartnell was just not in in good enough health. He's not far away from when he actually uh, died, is he? No, I, I don't it's think it's only that a matter of months or so. Yeah, because yeah, because um, originally uh, I think um, one of the writers or or Terence Sticks had rung him up. And got, spoke to him and said, "Do you want to do a Doctor Who?" Blah blah blah. And he's, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do that." Great. And then it was only later on, after they'd written the scripts, that I think someone had contact or, or uh, his wife rung up the BBC and said, what, "What's he on about? He's doing a Doctor Who." Mm. And they went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we've got the contracts and all that." And they, she said, "He can't. He's he can barely sort of move about." So they just they just they went to him and filmed it in his garage holding up cue cards and although this is this is nowhere on par with with Hartnell's sort of best performances it's still considering the circumstances it's still very powerful mm. performance and it's just so nice to see Hartnell again yeah yeah um, and again he's in character he's consistent yeah, with what cons- we saw absolutely spot on when he says oh so you're my replacements a dandy and a clown yeah, you know classic. <laughs> it's gone down in history hasn't yeah it? the other two faces yeah. fall like <laughs> don't they? those faces yeah. drop oh we, we didn't mention well something else that's gone down in who history is when the second doctor comes in he does the uh You've redecorated. Don't, don't like, like it. it. Yeah, superb. <laughs> um, so many firsts in this story, isn't it? It's amazing. It it is odd yeah. to see it now and think yeah. that yeah, this is groundbreaking stuff at the this, time. This this is almost this is almost ground zero for the expanded universe, isn't it? It's this point that that the Doctor Who mythology really sort of started and started to grow. Um, because before this, it was definitely 
I mean, each doctor's run was completely different to each other, and and to be honest, each season, you know, as soon as they started changing producers and that, the seasons were completely different. It was almost a reset every season, and this is the one that said, no, no, it's all the same program. Mm. You know, that doctor used to like. This is the same guy. And yeah. it, it's great for that. Um, but yeah, the, the a lot of firsts in this one. Yeah. And what you're saying, I mean, you know, the script emphasizes it because when the brigadier comes in and meets the second yes. doctor, it's like, oh no. <laughs> I, uh, well, and he's firmly yeah. convinced, isn't he, that he's just reverted back to his old face. Yeah, this this is the point, like I say, I think the brigadier gets a pass from me in episode one, but once he reappears in episode two, he's, it, it's, it's strange, he's totally doesn't buy anything, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't believe this doctor. He doesn't believe that Unit HQ is moved. He doesn't. And it's like you've seen so much stuff. Yeah, he thinks Why the inside you... of the TARDIS is an optical illusion. Yeah. Doesn't he? Why would he do? Well, his first reaction is, "This is what you've spent all our money on." Yes. Not oh. that this is amazing. Or, yes, that's what you've been yeah. doing with our money. Yeah. What, what's What's weird as well is, the Brigadier appears in in episode two. He comes back in, and then he mentions about. Um, he says, "Shouldn't you contact those?" Time Lord Superiors of yours, Doctor. It's like, how do you know mm. what's been happening? You've yeah. not been here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... The Brigadier is... He's enjoying it. He's loving it, playing this slightly different version of the Brigadier, but it's not the Brig we know and love. No. This is almost... Um, this is almost Graham Chapman's uh, colonel figure, isn't yes, it? Yes, now then, now then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have none yeah. of that. Now <laughs> it's getting silly. Yes, yeah, silly. silly. Stop yeah. Um, while all that's going on, of course, you know, the third Doctor and Joe have arrived on the antimatter world, yes. um, which is actually Springwell Quarry in Hertfordshire, yep. which is next going to be used in. As well, yeah, it? well, it's November. Um, the next time it's used in Doctor Who is going to be Earthshock. Oh, right. Is yeah. that the same one in Earthshock? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and that's where they find the transported bits of the lab and yes. Bessie. This is a. Um, this this first bit I quite like because it yeah you, you you see all the the bits of the unit lab Bessie the water cooler I love that it's so weird uh, and the doctor and um, and Joe had got some great dialogue now but as soon as they meet Doctor Tyler it's almost every other thing that happens from now until like episode four on on this whatever it is planet in this thing is pure filler it is absolute 100 percent filler it and is w when you're watching the you're watching the current doctor as it was then and going let's go back to doctor two shall we yeah That's, i don't know if yeah. john pertwee liked this that you know large chunks of the yeah. uh the, the the further episodes is just waiting in a room or going up and down corridors you know yes. well yeah. it, the the plot grinds to a halt now doesn't it nothing nothing really happens in half of episode two and almost all of episode three it's just endless walking slowly stopping exposition walking yeah. slowly stopping exposition um luckily uh, just to make it a bit more exciting we get some uh, some i'll go with your word gel guards appear and we get a, a massive explosion it's, mm. it's really good close to the actors yeah 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 um all of the all of this that's happening is being observed by our adversary. We don't really see him. We just see his cape, don't we? And we see the back yes. of his helmet. Great Class voice, though. Yeah. Oh, cl classic villain reveal. So you re reveal a bit of your villain at a time. Um, but we hear his voice, and this voice is just amazing. Stephen Thorne, of course. Yeah. 
played uh, Azal yes. uh, in a season previously. Um, he is, after, after Troughton, I think he's one of the great strengths of this story. Um, he gets the one standout moment, which I think is almost Oscar-worthy, which we'll get to later when mm. he removes his mask. But yeah, he, he's great. Um, he's got a, he's got a ratty old television, um, and it just this just annoys me. And I know the the filming on these was very rushed on in the studio, as a lot of them could be. But it's like the camera angle's so wrong. Mm. They've obviously built it to be filmed at a specific camera angle, and they filmed it from a different one. And you can just see it's a a telly behind a cutout. Yeah, it, that wasn't door. what it was in the script. In the script, it's all, yeah. sort of like meant to be like a magic lantern sort of thing that he's, yeah. he's looking at. But yeah, no, they've just cut a hole in the in the cardboard and well, uh, stuck a TV behind it. Yeah, bless him um, when Terence did the novelisation. Because um, realistically, Terence Dix came up with this story and then gave it to um, the Bristol boys mm. to write. But it was Terence's story. So when he came to do the novelization, he fleshed it out considerably. But he he at least tries to put a bit of effort into Amiga's um, sort of castle and gives an explanation as to why it is a bit ratty now. In mm. he, it, Omega, when he first came to this planet, he expended his energy on making amazing things, and then rapidly it's like, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my own. Who am I impressing? Um, but yeah, I would I would have liked to have seen the uh, the sort of Magic Lantern style slideshow on this. I think it would have uh, aged better. Yes. But then we we cut back to the second Doctor and we get another reference to a TV set, which every time I hear it, I forget it, and it makes me laugh again. Where he goes, uh, what we need to do is uh, feed it useless information and confuse it. I wonder if we've got a television nearby. <laughs> brilliant. Evidently, that was um, an ad lib, wasn't it? By yes. Troughton. Yeah. It's like, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. What a guy. Those guys, the, the water guy and the other guys, um, yeah. they are in Unit HQ, which is transported through the black hole to yes. the planet. And, and they seem to be the only people that are in Unit HQ. No, no, no yeah. secretaries come wandering out and saying what's going on at all or anything. Well, I think, then, I think in episode one they say they, the Brigadier oh, did the evacuation, didn't he? Oh, they? yes, yeah, no, I'd forgotten yeah. that bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in episode three, that's where the third Doctor meets Omega for the first time. Yes. Without me, there would be no time travel. You and our fellow Time Lords would still be locked in your own time, as puny as those creatures you now so graciously protect. You knew your mission was dangerous. Dangerous, yes, but I completed it, and I did not expect to be abandoned. Many thousands of years ago, when I left our planet, all this was then a star, until I arranged its detonation. You were the solar engineer. It was your duty. It was an honor, or so I thought then. I was to be the one to find and create the power source that would give us mastery over time itself. Well, you succeeded, and are revered for it. Revered? Here? I was abandoned. Histories say that you were lost in the supernova. I was sacrificed to that supernova. I generated those forces, and for what? To be blown out of existence into this black hole of antimatter? My brothers became Time Lords, but I was abandoned and forgotten. No, not forgotten. All my life I've known of you and honored you as our greatest hero. A hero? I should have been a god! Um, he doesn't really know him. He doesn't know him. No. Um, he, he's more like a fable from his yeah. past. Um, 
what are your thoughts on Omega this first time we see him? And uh, I, I love this this costume. Um, it, there, there is horrible similarities with the living carpets from Vic Reeves, um, with the mask. But I, I, I think this is a great look. Um, it's simple as well. Mm. I think. I mean, I've often considered making this mask. Um, you could easily do it out of foam matting and that. Um, but it, it just works perfectly. Yeah. And coupled with Stephen Thorne's um, just mesmerising performance. Mm. And he, he really comes across as someone that's slightly unhinged. Yes. Because yeah. he'll, be, he'll be talking nicely, won't he? My brother, Time Lord, blah, blah, blah. And then, I'm going to kill you! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to rip your arms like off. Like the second Doctor says later, you know, yeah. that his temper is his weakness. Um, well, th well, this is wonderful as well, because when, when the second Doctor says that, because... Um, uh, John Pertwee's doctor he's sort of why are you antagonising and the second doctor goes well I want us to find out what control he's got it's, it's brilliant it's yeah. really good you know? yeah yeah. because yeah I mean he, he is a miffed Omega yeah. isn't he? he he's been wronged and he wants vengeance basically doesn't he yeah so the story I think the story we're given is that um, a thousand years ago which doesn't seem that long really in time in history um they, they they decided to that they needed a, a, a huge energy source and they were going to do this by exploding a star and turning it into a black hole and Omega was the solar engineer that had the duty to do this uh, and the Time Lords thought he had died in the explosion but he was actually sucked into the black hole uh, and left in the quarry. It's yes. going to annoy anyone, and he's been there ever since. And he's he's a little, like you say, he's a little bit miffed about it. Yeah, because in his words, he was sacrificed. Yeah. In the explosion, um, and he doesn't want to be thought of as a hero because the doctor says, yeah. you know, you're revered, back yeah. on Gallifrey. But he doesn't want to be thought of as a hero. He wants to be worshipped as a god. Yeah, he he, he wants to be in charge. Yeah. Um, well, he's had a whole planet that he can shape to his will. Because, yeah, he can yeah. create anything, can't he, by, by force of will. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> well, I, I love the fact that he goes, I can create anything. Boom. Cheap chair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, um, not so much a god as uh, a lesser branch of Ikea. That's yeah. what uh, Omega is. Um, yeah, he's a bit, he's unhinged. I think that's the, the only way to describe him. Um, but John, John Pertwee plays the third Doctor as idolising. Omega. Yes, because he goes from oh, you're a myth to I you know I looked up to you as a child blah 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 yeah. and he wants um, to help him doesn't he yeah he wants to help him he, and we do get this another wonderful John Pertwee was great at being sympathetic towards the air quotes monsters um, and he's great in this John Pertwee that yeah he feels sorry and there is a there's a horrible um, sort of sympathetic pang for Omega you do feel he's been He's been wronged, mm. you know. His the performance from Stephen Thorne is is heartbreaking at times. Um, yeah, re really good. Um, but then he will suddenly go shout you manic. Yeah, you yeah. Um, meanwhile, you know, back in Unit HQ, you know, the yeah. Second Doctor and Co. They've all a a arrived. Uh, you've mentioned it before. This is a line you don't like, which is the Brigadier thinking that that, yeah. that he thinks that's Chroma. Well, the trouble is, it's not. It's obviously done as a as a joke line and again it's to it's this making the brigadier a buffoon but it's also the fact that fandom have run with this line 
Um, and it's in, like, every time you read any sort of fanfic or stories with the, the Brigadier, at some point he's going to think somewhere is Chroma. Oh, really? Uh, oh, it's just to endlessly to death it's used. It's almost like reverse of polarity, but for the Brigadier. And it's not that funny a line. It just it, it, it annoys me because it makes him seem like an idiot. He, you know, he's battled aliens every week. But no way am I on an alien planet. No, no. It does go in. It sank in. I mean, when we visited Chroma, yeah. I was thinking of the Brigadier. Right, yeah. You can't help but not think of, of the Brigadier. Yeah. Uh, of course, the origin of, of that line is, is, is Nicholas himself. That's oh, an ad lib. That was complete ad lib, yeah. Fair dues. Hope you got copyright on it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so, um, you know, um, that's when, you know, uh, the second Doctor is taken to meet Omega. Yeah. All, all, oh, we, all I love in. the way Troughton holds his hands up, though, in this. Yeah. Um, and again, because because he's doing, he's playing off of Pat Troughton, John Levine is great in these sequences. Yeah, it, he really rises his game. I wonder if that annoyed Pertwee as well. No, it might. It might have yeah. done. Because, yeah, the third Doctor wants them sent back. He said, oh, they yeah. just came along with the building, you know, but Omega somehow works it out, doesn't he? Yeah. That this time Lord? Two time, lo- time Lord. Time Lord. Yeah. I don't know I don't how know he what, works that out. Yeah, I don't know why he jumps to that conclusion. Well, you're, you're the dead spit of each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he suddenly jumps to it. Unless time... Because we, we, we have had this before where Time Lords tend to recognise each other. Yes. So perhaps he, you know, perhaps he did sort of recognise the Doctor. Um, but yeah, um, whereas uh, Pertwee is, or the third Doctor is very much trying to reason with Omega. Yeah, Troughton just goes straight into a night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, they're shoved in this cell, aren't they? Yeah, um, the most boring cell in oh, history. That, I mean, I love the blobby corridor walls, but, you know, that's patently just the BBC just floor. flats, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's BBC four, flats. Terrible CSO on the doorway. Yeah, yeah. I do like that, like, so Tyler's been transported to an alien world. He's seen these alien creatures. He's gone into this thing. And the fact that a door appears from nowhere, that's what pushes him <laughs> over the edge. That can't be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like the fact it's actually Joe who comes up um, with the answer to the fix that they're in, which yeah. is your Time Lords as well. If you can bind your will... Yeah you can maybe make the door disappear. That, it, that hadn't even occurred to the Doctors, had it? No. Well, they're, again, they're too busy squabbling. And they, it's almost like a, one of these things where if you learn to work together, you're stronger. And in this case, it is. And yeah, they, they can create... Uh, and I love the fact that it's just a standard BBC internal door. Because <laughs> that's exactly what the Doctor would come up with. Yep. yep. You know, nothing fancy. Yeah. Yeah, nothing yeah, fancy. Yeah. Just a door's a door's a door. Uh, yeah, so they, they escape out. Um, and this is they, where they, the padding yeah. starts, doesn't it? Wow. With especially with Joe and Tyler just going up and down yeah. corridors. Yeah, let's you know? uh, let's just walk up and down and stop and talk and walk up and down and stop and talk and walk. And it, it's painfully obviously it's the same bit of corridor over and over again. Mm. And then as as they uh, as they sort of decide to escape, the Briggs decided to break in, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. with Ollis. He's met Ollis. Yeah. Um, 
And the brig, again, so heavy-handed, he's like, consider yourself under my orders, Mr. Hollis. <laughs> if I'd have been Mr. Hollis, I'd have said, uh, on your bike, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got, got a shotgun. shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, episode three ends with uh, the Doctor fighting in the dark side of Omega's mind. A very Space 1999 oh, very, monster. Oh, very, much, yeah. You know, I mean, if, if I didn't know, I would have said that's a, a, a leftover from Space yeah. 1999. But, well, of course, this is three years before. Three years before. If you'd have seen a, 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 just a still of it, you'd have gone, oh, what's Maya turning into this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, and the all-black set like that is very yeah. uh, Space 1999 if someone's going to have a fight in someone's mind. That was yeah. at Ealing Studios. That's why it's all it on was, film. Yeah. It, it has to be said, it's rather a dull fight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it goes on far too long. Far too long. And then we get a recap of it in the next episode. Yeah, I, I imagine this is this was put in to mollify poetry, wasn't it? It's like, no, we'll give you a fight scene, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, well, episode four, you know, the second Doctor, as I say, realises that Omega's temper, temper is his weakness, and they've got to yeah. exploit that somehow. Um, and Omega is saying that he wants both doctors to take over from him so he can escape because him being there keeps the place in existence yeah he he can't he can't escape because he can't leave because the minute he tries to leave he won't be there to keep that place in existence so he'll disappear with it Mm. um so a bit of a catch-22 for him again so yeah he wants the the doctor's combined will to keep this place in place while he does a, a runner to take over the hour universe yes yeah and he says you know you're going to have to uh, remove my mask yeah. and you guys are going to have to wear masks as well because the light stream has a slow corrosive effect yes yeah but forgetting the fact that he's been there for a thousand years yeah. well and it does explain why he's wearing that mask yes yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah i mean john pertwee patrick troughton's their faces yeah their horrified faces they when they lift it, the visor yeah. up yeah we don't see what they see, uh, they can't take the helmet off because there's nothing there. Well, your answer? We will obey you, Omega. We have no choice. Then you will help me make my preparations. You must first remove this mask. Now you too will need such masks. The light stream has a slow corrosive effect due to the acceleration of the particles. But you are in no immediate danger. The process takes time. Come, the mask. Why do you not obey me? Take off the mask! What are you doing? I am in haste to be gone! We... we cannot remove the mask, Omega. Because... because beneath that mask... there is nothing left of you. Corrosion has already done its work. What? You exist only because your will insists that you exist. And your will is all that is left of you.
out he looks in the mirror and finds it out and Stephen Thorne does the most magnificent howl of that whale yeah yeah you'll have to play it as a clip but it's it's just astonishing and evidently that was a toned down version because mm. yeah he, he'd done the original one and there was some visitors or something to the studio and it upset the kids oh yeah, okay. yeah so so he he was asked to tone it down so this is a toned down version Good grief. It's, it's wonderful yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He is upset. He throws a right wobbly. Um, yes. Um, and really, I mean, the only thing that stops things is the first Doctor coming back and joining minds with the other two. Yeah, because they, they take the opportunity to, to peg it and everyone goes back to Unit HQ. We get interminable chases and, yep. and scenes like that. It's just padding, padding, padding. And then they get back to Unit HQ, into the TARDIS, and yeah, the first Doctor turns up to, to poke them again into the what they need to do yes and um, it's involving this portable force field generator yes um, but unfortunately or fortunately depending on your point of view um, I don't quite know how the doctor's recorder has fallen into it yeah because he's been saying all the way through where's my flute where's my yeah. flute all the way through yeah I don't know how it got down and in there yeah. but that's going to be crucial isn't it that flute it is yes that uh, yeah, it, I think this was a story where people started referring to it as a flute, even though it's obviously a recorder. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think even Joe calls it a flute at one point. But yeah, the, the recorder has, uh, has fell into this. So the doctor, the third doctor, realises that um, this means that the recorder is still matter while they've all been turned into antimatter. Mm -hmm. So if they, if while it's in the TARDIS force field, it's okay, but the minute it comes out, Annihilation of this universe. Yes, um, and they—they they real. The third Doctor sadly realizes that's the only freedom Amiga can have, is to be annihilated. Yes, um, which is quite a, a horrible thought when you think about it. Um, but I do like, um, you know, Trout, Troutons like they're doing all this thing, and Trouton goes, "We've got to nobble him." <laughs> Such an old <laughs> word that nobble. You don't hear it anymore. No, um, no, but but it's, it's great. Yeah, so they they contact Omega because obviously we don't want another sequence of them going across this quarry. So they contact Omega and he brings the TARDIS into his Citadel Stroke Castle, um, and they come out and show him the 
the fluty bit, the, the recorder in the What stuff. is this? Yeah. He goes, yeah. What is this? I'm going to poke it one. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he, well, he, the, the doctors get the, him to return everyone home, including weirdly the unit HQ, Bessie, and everything. So, you know, well yeah. done, Amiga, for being tidy, you know, tidying your planet up. Um, and then, of course, Omega reaches in to touch it, and the doctors peg it back to the TARDIS, and um, boom, boom, yeah. Omega's no more. Before that, so, though, something we haven't years. mentioned is that column of smoke is oh, meant God, to be yeah. the singularity. The singularity, yeah. Um, it's described a bit differently in the book. Right. It's a bit got a bit more pizzazz to it. But, yeah, it's it's pathetic. It's not even a good column of smoke, is it? No. Um, yeah, that evidently... I mean, I never thought... Yeah, when I was doing science classes, I never thought that that's what a singularity would look like. I love the way that they each take it in turn to yeah. walk through the column of smoke and go home. But you can hear the actors' footsteps yes, uh, after they've gone through the, the, the steps, steps on the other, the other side. side yeah. You know, but I, I, I like the um, I like the salute the brigadier gives. Yeah, yeah. I just think before he goes, that's, that that's, that's quite touchy. Yeah, it's nice. You know? um, I don't know whether that was in the script or whether that was a might have been a Nick Courtney moment. Because hmm. um, they think the doctor's going to die. Yes. Yeah. Joe doesn't want to go, does she? She no. wants to stay with him. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Omega's ordered to take the force field generator, yeah. um, but smashes it, and out pops the flute. Yeah. And, uh, matter meets antimatter. Hmm. And uh, Bob's your uncle. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you said earlier that Jamie was supposed to be in this story, yes. so it was like Jamie and, and, and Joe. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, but there was a contractual cock-up. Um, um, I think, I think you know, something was overlooked or something, and, and you know, Fraser wanted to do it. Um, but, yeah, they, they oh, never got it sorted out in time. I just assumed it would have been like... Um, you know, scheduling issues or something. I mean, he but, was on oh, Emmerdale at the time, yeah. but um, he could have done it, but there was some contractual cock-up um, yeah. that happened. And um, the compromise was he was actually meant to be, at the end, um, he's supposed to tell the second Doctor to hurry up just before oh, right. he vanishes. Like pop his head out the TARDIS yeah, sort of but, but then he didn't have time to come in and just record the line saying, hey, uh, Doctor, that, hurry up, or something like that. That would have like been that. amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would have been a topper. Because um, we get a nice goodbye scene mm. uh, with the second Doctor. Um, we don't get one with the first Doctor. Does, does he appear again? Does no, he, no, no. The last time we see him, he's talking to the yeah. Time Lords, I think. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he goes back to the Time Lords, doesn't he? Um, which is weird to, to hear Hartnell talking about Time Lords. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's something very surreal about that. But yeah, and then um, the Time Lords, you hear the TARDIS sound of the Time Lords... Uh, on top of an incredibly dirty and dusty TARDIS console, um, they give the Doctor the dematerialization circuit back, um, which leads to uh, a lot of model builders building yes. a version of it. Um, and they restore the um, his time computations in his memory. Yeah, so th this was sort of, I think this was um, Barry Letts' idea to, because. I think they they thought they'd done everything to death on Earth by this point, and that they really wanted to go back into space. So I think it's it's, it's a really nice way of doing it. Yeah, I think isn't the story after this Carnival of Monsters? I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and and that's and then the they story. The budget won't stretch to Alien Planet, so we rapidly come back again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and that's three doctors done yeah um, it is it's it's groundbreaking it introduced the concept of multi-doctor stories that the doctors were really the same person hammered that home um it's just wonderful it's it has a fair bit of padding there's not much story but you know i don't care no because we get to see trout in it is best benton yeah. is best joe's really good in it yeah she's not dumb is is she? she's not dumb at all she's great um i don't think katie manning ever looks better than in this story no I no no like she the, she is gorgeous yeah, yeah. um uh, you yeah, know terrific story yeah. terrific story um and and there it sat um yes. as the anniversary tale until uh, the 80s comes round yes, and, and then, uh, then JNT well it, it it's one of those sort of sort of logical stepping stories but it's like uh, so um they brought the sidemen back Eric Saywood had brought the sidemen back and that had been incredibly well received um and so it was suggested, and depending on who you believe, it's either suggested by Ian Levine or it's suggested by J&T, that in the anniversary um, season, there should be, every story should feature an old adversary or an old element. Um, which I suppose in itself, in itself might not be a bad idea. Um, but then they thought for the first one to introduce people to this season, um, we'll bring back Omega. Mm. Um, which is a really strange thing to do because realistically the average viewer ain't going to have a clue no. who this is and it's not like they introduce him in a you know because to be fair to New Who when they bring back an old adversary they introduce it in a way that if you've not seen any of it it don't matter they introduce it but this this guy gets no introduction really You're if you've not seen the three doctors you won't have a clue I mean you won't have much of a clue anyway what's going on but it just seems so weirdly done. Yeah, they're working on the assumption you know, you know who, who is, Omega yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I, I like it. In the in the Three Doctors, no one knew who Omega was. So in the credits, Stephen Thorne is Omega. Because you're not going to go, oh my God, Omega's... Mm. And in this one, they obviously think... They, they put the... They call him the alien. No, it's the, the renegade. The renegade in the credits. <laughs> yeah, the renegade, it. yeah. And, and did they honestly think that, like, your average viewer would see the name Omega and go... Oh my God! It's Omega. Ah, no one knew. I didn't know really who he was particularly. You I know, mean, it's like, who's this meant to be? Well, who's this meant to be? Um, I, it's not Omega. You know, he no. doesn't look like Omega. He doesn't sound like Omega. He doesn't act like Omega. No. Um, so why is he Omega? This could be any villain from yeah, an antimatter it, world. Yeah, there's no, there's no need for it to be Omega at all. It would probably make more sense if it wasn't. And I. I, this seems such a uh, a crappy written story, e- even without the like the huge amounts of padding, the boring direction, the terrible guest stars. Um, the story is nothing much. Nothing really happens in this until the last ten minutes. We use the word padding yeah. a lot yeah. when well, we do this yeah. show, and this I think is is the ultimate. Nothing happens for such a long time, and when it yeah. does, it's just. I, I can't believe how much, again, going up and down corridors. Colin oh, Baker yeah. spends all his time walking up a corridor, go in a room, leave the room, walk back down the corridor, yeah. go back to the room. Yeah, it's if your episode won't stretch to the 25-minute running time and you've got to pad it with corridor scenes, don't make it. 
no, no one's watching this for the walking up and down the corridor scene. Or even worse, we get the walking up and down the Holland Street scene. Yeah. Walking up and down the TARDIS corridor scene. Um, it's terrible. And this, this was written by uh, Johnny Byrne, wasn't it? Who yes. Uh, Warriors of the Deep. Yes, um, yes. So it'd be interesting to... I've never seen the original script and see how much of it was was sort of tampered with because my understanding is that the original script wasn't about Omega and this was all oh then it's all tacked on afterwards yeah it was like oh it's a 20 so I think your your theory that this could be anyone is probably correct right yeah because I mean um, we'll discuss it but yeah an awful lot of what happens in this we 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 didn't see Omega do this all right Drop the weapon, Doctor. Drop it, or the Earth Woman dies. Tegan. It's too late, Omega. You can't transfer now. I have all the energy I need. What have you done? First scene is Omega. Isn't it, it is yeah. Omega, yeah, a yeah. negative image of Omega, yeah. which is a good tip off that this is an antimatter universe. Um, and um, yeah, but he's yeah, it, it's weird because yeah, it's 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 in negative. The mask is just bizarre. I'm not, I'm not sure what it's meant to be. It's a very insectoid. Mm. Um, but he's talking to this Time Lord. That is so obviously Michael Gale. Head in. It's Michael Gale. You can tell his voice a mile off. They don't. They've sped it up yeah. a little bit, but yeah. once you know Michael Gale is in it, yeah, it's like it's that's him. Michael yeah. Gale. Yeah. Um, and the voice of Omega, I don't know who's playing him in this. It's not Stephen Thorne. He's terrible. He's so boring. Yeah. Hello, hello, I'm Omega. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, well, well, you say boring. Yeah. I say Robin and Colin. In Amsterdam, two, oh, two. About uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we had a, we had one plank of wood in three yeah. doctors. We got two here. Um, yeah, this Robin bloke, oh. right? He's the son of Fiona Cumming, the director. Really? Yeah, and I think oh, that's the only reason he's him. in it. Well, yes. I, I can't see that he passed an audition and was better than anyone else. No. Um, they literally could have found, pick, grabbed someone off the street in Amsterdam who didn't speak English and got them to learn the lines in the last two minutes before filming phonetically and it wouldn't be as wooden as this. He is awful. In fact, they're both rubbish. They are both incredibly rubbish and there they are in Amsterdam. You've got to see it to show that you're in Amsterdam. I don't know. I know that, 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 you know, um, they they need a water source. Omega needs a water source, you know, at some point. We don't know why, really. Yeah, but... You could do that uh, in the Lake Districts. You yeah. don't need to go to Amsterdam. I'm, I'm guessing it, it was a jolly, like the Paris thing that yep. J&T decides to do. J&T probably needed a bit more weed or something. Um, yeah, it would have been a jolly, but also J&T's idea of... Because there was huge 
touting in like the radio times that that this is filmed in Amsterdam. It it gives nothing to the plot whatsoever. It it could be absolutely yeah. anywhere. Yeah. You know. Well, they make this weird like I think in episode three they go, ah, oh, the Ark of Infinity has to go below water level. What? Why? Yeah. It's just it's tedious, and these two, yeah. So they're so they're they're two teens. They're backpackers, um, aren't backpackers, they? Backpackers, and one of them has lost his passport, and it it's like it goes, oh, there's a policeman over there. Why are you scared of a policeman? I have lost my passport, and they might arrest me. Well, they will deport you, and it's like, oh God, this is awful. It is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- th- they decide to hide in this pumping room yeah. uh, of, of, of this place, and, and that's I where do, they're going to yeah. spend the night. Yeah, I do love the fact that they that are in Amsterdam. They've got this like um, crypt front, and they walk behind it and then crouch down, and then it cuts. <laughs> and Davison does it. It cuts to a the top of a staircase that in no way resembles what we've seen outside. Door. Yeah, there's like a tree and some bushes. It's like, they, that wasn't there. They just crouched <laughs> down behind the bushes yeah. in the um, in, on the location thing. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, um, they, they, yeah they come into this pumping station. They've decided that this is a great place to spend the night. Um, and what they're interchanging, I, I can't remember who's who, but one of them is scared of this. And it's that's like, Colin. Colin, yeah. You didn't tell me it was a crypt. And it, it just it goes on and on and on. You're waiting for something to happen. It's like, oh, and uh, nope, nothing's going to happen in this place soon. Well, eventually, what happens is Colin is got at by the yeah. Ergon. This Ergon, yeah. right? Before we talk about the Ergon, can I ask the question? Right? Yeah. We we find out later that the Ergon is coming out of Omega's Tardis. Yes, Omega's Tardis. And now he can't enter the this universe yet. Because he's but made out tar- of antimatter. Yeah, but his TARDIS is already here. My question is, how come Omega's got a TARDIS? Because I thought it, him falling into the black hole gave the Time Lords the time travel, of, yeah. so therefore they invented the TARDISes, TARDI, after I, do you know what? Omega's I accident. Wrong. I might be wrong on this, and if anyone listens that I'm wrong, because in the novelization. I've only ever read it once, and I'm sorry, my life's too short. I'm not going to read it again. Um, but I th- do think they make some mention that this is actually Heddin's TARDIS. Oh, is rather it? Rather than Omega's, yes. I might be wrong. I might be justifying that in my own brain in a desperate attempt to save my sanity. But I've got a feeling that, yeah, they do make mention that this is actually Councillor Heddin's TARDIS. That would explain why there's the bit of technology from Gallifrey. Yeah, down in the crypt. But <coughs> but, I but I don't know what he's doing with the ergon though. Whether that was what was Councillor Heading doing with a biomechanical chicken? But the thing is, right? I isn't Omega inside the TARDIS? He is, but he's also back in the black hole. I don't know. I can't, I can't really work out what his deal is because he sat in the TARDIS in in a bored manner. Um, he's slouched, he's also, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's very slouched. But he also can't can't enter this world without using a Time Lord imprint. And he's using the Doctor's imprint. But it's the Ergon very, came. Very techni- yeah, the Ergon's prancing about like a good one. Um, also, I don't know why he didn't just um, take Heddin's imprint. Yeah. 
He just needs a time block. Yeah, yeah, it's Heading who suggests using the Doctor, and he's like, yeah. oh, interesting. All right, we'll do that. We'll just use yeah. Heading then. Yeah, and you could have saved all it. Why? So I never understand the villains like that do this. They go, okay, let's bring in the Doctor. Let's attract the Doctor into my trap. Just leave him alone. Yeah. Don't go and nobble someone else. You know, get another Time Lord. And the Doctor won't be there because he will invariably uh, win. Yeah. How do we... How, how did Hedden find out about Omega? How did Omega contact Hedden originally? Uh, He's in, know, an never, in, yeah. in an antimatter world. I, or perhaps um, Omega rung the wrong number and got through to Hedden. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, hello, who's that? Oh, yeah. this is Councillor Hedden. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, that might be explained in the book. Um, you'll have to read it. I can't. I can face no, it. No, I can't be bothered. It's, it's also the target novel with the most boring cover Oh, ever. is it? Oh, my God. Look it up afterwards. It's amazing. All right. I don't know whether they thought that, like, passing children in the bookshop would... Uh, and, yeah, children. It was aimed at kids. Um, I don't know whether passing children would look and go, oh, that cover entices me. But have, have a look at it afterwards. It's amazing. Okay. Will do. Um, in fact, I'm, go I'm going to look at it now. But, um, <laughs> but, but wh while I'm typing that in, uh, first initial thoughts of the Ergon? Um, it's awful. I don't... It might have been all right if it had been filmed in shadows, but it's filmed under blazing BBC lights and it's being worn by someone that isn't an actor, I would guess, because they're stomping about with no effort. Well, it's the stomping that I've got the yeah. problem with. Well, there's two things I've got problem. I, I don't mind the, 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 the head, you know? Yeah. If, if you see just a still yeah. of its head, that's quite odd, right? Yeah, it's trying to be the alien. Isn't it, it is. It is. Well, apparently, yeah, both Omega and the Ergon, um, they were trying to go for an HR Giga, um, yeah. you know, feel. Without um, his but, genius. Yeah. But the problem is, um, the the head is basically a hat that the yeah. person in the oh, suit yes. is wearing, yeah, the neck, right? The, yeah. Oh. And he's looking out the neck, and yeah. whoever that is in that suit has seen Star Wars and has decided to give him a C-3PO-style walk. Yeah. Now, that's fine with C-3PO because yeah. he's this prissy butler-type droid. He's not a scary chicken monster, yeah. you know? And it, it's, just, it's just rubbish. Yeah, it, it's terrible. So he, um, I suppose, back to the plot. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I've called yeah. up that cover. That is incredibly boring. Isn't it? It's amazing. What were they like? That's literally two minutes' work for some yeah. designer. Oh, good grief! Yeah, terrible. Um, yeah. So, so the Ergon appears and shoots Colin. Yeah, and presumably yeah. shooting Colin makes him vanish, but that turns yeah. him into antimatter inside the TARDIS. Yeah, not quite sure what's going on here, but yeah, you, you think he's dead. He disappears in a puff of, uh, of cheap effects. Um, and so the other guy, what's his name? Uh, Robin. Robin. He, uh, he legs it because he's, he's, he's cowardly. So he runs off, leaves his mate um, to go and report it to the police. And then after all this interminable stuff, we finally get the Doctor, don't we? We get a scene with the Doctor in. Yeah, who, um, who's almost taken over. By, yeah. as, as Nissa says, an antimatter being. I don't yeah. know how, how she, knows she knows that. Knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, normally, I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of 
Peter Davison than you are. Mm. I think that's safe to say. And normally I like Peter Davison, but in the in the studio recordings for this, for all four episodes, he's he looks bored. Mm. He's not putting any effort in. I because I know he he decided. I think either just before this season or during this season, he decided that he wouldn't do a fourth season. He had to tell them early in this. So I wonder if this was around the time he decided not to do it. Um, on the film sequences, when they're in Amsterdam, I don't know whether this says more about the fact that they had a jolly in Amsterdam. In the Amsterdam sequences, he's full of life and yeah. back to being... But the, the studio stuff is... is t- I think this is his worst performance. It is very dull, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very dull. Just, totally uninterested. As is Colin Baker. I don't know what's going oh. on with Colin Baker's performance because this is two years after Babe and the Butcher. Yeah. You would expect a Babe and the Butcher level, you know, um, arrogance, etc, etc. But he's so subdued, yeah. Colin. Well, could, if, 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 I was, if I was writing this or rewriting it or trying to fix it, I would have had Colin act out his... Because he's great at that larger-than-life villain role. Mm. Like a bit like Babe and... And then throw the audience into, is this the villain? He's, he hates the Doctor. But yeah, Colin is so subdued. Again, it's almost like no one's happy making this. So weird. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe he was just bored with all the going yeah. up and down corridors. Could because be, yeah. this, this episode has got so many... Just up and down the corridor. Maxwell, yeah. basically, that's all he does until he ends up shooting the Doctor on sight. Yeah, Ma- yeah. Maxwell pretty much does nothing um, for most of his scenes. Um, but everything to do with the Time Lord sequences is boring. Yeah. What do you the, think the of the, 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 these yeah. new Time Lord costumes, by the way? Um, I, I, they do you prefer the Three Doctors ones? I, prefer, I totally prefer the Three Doctors ones. I'm not a great fan of this big collared look that's now become... It doesn't suit any of those lovies, does it? Well, the trouble is, it also means they have to walk in a totally sort of stilted manner because obviously they're going to fall off and they're top-heavy. So everyone's walking like they've injured their backs. Um, And also, they're they're really crappy made. You watch it on uh, on, um, DVD and... You can see that it's like bits of strings. Yeah, stuck just on. glued on. Yeah. Oh, um, perhaps it looked okay on the broadcast. I can't remember, but yeah, I, I'm not great. Again, I, I, I hate this idea of uniformity in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I think it, as a, and this is what just makes my mind boggle with the criticisms of like, uh, um, you know, Chris Chibnall. That is, each each uh, each producer that comes in should be totally free to do whatever they want redesign stuff, redo stuff. Some will be worse than it was, some will be better. But this I we're so bogged down in canon now. Mm-hmm. This has got to look like this. This has got to do this. You can't do that because fifteen years ago we said this, remember? And yeah, the eighties I think were the start of this where you know, time lords always look like this. Time lords are always old people. Time lords they have no sense of humour. They talk ah, oh, it's just Dull, dull, dull. I've got such a plod. Yeah. Um, plod is the word for this story. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, in amongst all this tedium, we've got Tegan arriving. We've got yes. all, all these location well, shots of Tegan arriving. Yeah, and and this shows how dull this story is. I mean, I don't think either of us are, are 
huge Tegan fans, but she appears and she's putting a little bit of effort in. And I was like, oh my God, thank goodness someone's arrived that's not not wooden, not boring, and can actually act. Mm. Um, but what, I, this, why write her out at the end of the last season just to bring her back in this season? And there's no real reason for it. It's pure coincidence Yes, that she just happens to appear where the Ark of Infinity, whatever the hell that is, <laughs> um, goes through Amsterdam. Yeah. Isn't Col- is it Colin? I can't remember if it's Colin or Robin. Colin's a cousin. Colin is, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, who who ends up... Does he end up... No, he, do- he comes back at the end, doesn't he? Yes, he, he does. He gets better. Him, yeah. 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 Well, he doesn't get any better. That's no. <laughs> um, and I love as well, because um, we're going back... We, we, we now alternate almost the, the whole rest of... Certainly this episode and probably this story is alternating between you get one scene in Amsterdam one scene on Gallifrey, one scene in Amsterdam, one scene on Gallifrey. Again, the direction is so boring. And I, I, in my notes, the most interesting thing I could find out about Gallifrey when the Doctor goes there is that they've got wood chip wallpaper. <laughs> I think that says it all, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, my actual writing I've got down for, for, for this part of episode two is lots of to and fro from one room, up a corridor, then along another one into the TARDIS, out and in again. Because yeah. Yeah, it is, it's, it, yeah. that's what's going on. Because like the TARDIS land, I mean, we get that wonderful scene uh, where Heddin shoots the guy from a lower low, yes. <laughs> the English pilot. And um, he lifts a gun up and he, just, he turns around and he goes, impulse laser, <laughs> yes. and gets shot and then just slowly falls in. It's, the death scenes are so boring. Yeah. It's, um, and yeah, the TARDIS... You're right, the TARDIS lands, and it's, let's get away from the TARDIS. And they get away from the TARDIS into corridors, and then, we got to get back to the TARDIS. Why did you just leave it then? Yeah. It is, it is really poor. Um, it's around this time we see the proper image, Omega, you know, yes, rather than yeah. the negative one. Slouched, as I say. Bad, he's, yeah, he's bored, isn't he? He's, like, oh, he's bored. <laughs> he's portly. Oh, he's yeah. slouched. And he's got uh, that weird groinal thing going on. He looks like he, yeah. old thingamajig in Father Ted, the drunk one. He does, yeah. He Father sits Jack, like yeah. Father Jack, yeah. yeah. That's Father Jack in a fancy I think hat. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it's a good yeah. Some, someone uh, do a picture of Omega with Father Jack's head. Yeah. On. We haven't mentioned this this very strange wobbly effect where we've got a wobbly Peter Davison being menaced by the giant head, head of Omega talking to oh, him. Yeah. Because he brings oh, in Tegan God, as yeah. well, doesn't he? Oh, my God. So, yeah, so um, this is meant to be the Matrix. So this is the the grand repository of all-time knowledge. And it's a, a, a wobbly green screen, top-of-the-pops backdrop with Peter Davison sat on a wooden block with his legs up in the air akimbo, pretending to be floating. And, yeah, and... The way that they zoom in on Omega's head, it looks like he's inspecting his crotch. It does. It yeah. does. It's like, what are you doing, I think that Omega? effect to make him wobbly, that's the, the, the thing in the video mix that they used to do for the Blake 7 teleport. Yeah, to, it probably to, to is, make the yeah. image do that, you know. And yeah, you've got Tegan as well sat on a block. Um, yes. And they're making her wobbly as well. Yeah, because Te- Tegan has gone in Amsterdam, Tegan has gone to find her cousin because no one believes it. Af- after internally wandering around police stations and that, we get that. Yes. Um, and she, so they decide to go to see where Colin was shot 
and they get shot. Yeah, and um, but for some reason, for some reason, yeah, this brings Tegan into the Matrix, and Omega is um, torturing her, but she's not exactly acting like she's being tortured. So, oh, oh, it's hilariously bad. It is. I, um, what's bad as well is when Tegan and uh, uh, Robin meet um, Omega, who just comes round a corner. It's just yes. a regular doorway, um, and, and he just comes round the corner. He is in the TARDIS, isn't he? You've got the round yeah, doors on the yeah. wall. Yeah, he's in the TARDIS. I can't think where else he could be. So the, t- um, the interior of the TARDIS is now antimatter, is it? Presumably. Or is it... Because, actually, we might, be, um, we might be in a bit harsh here, because in the Three Doctors, the TARDIS force field kept antimatter and matter that it could occupy the same space didn't it so perhaps the inter- oh, interior of the tardis allows anti i'm stretching here yeah to try and just whether well, well, there's yeah. no line in in the show to actually no. tell you this is there no well, i mean we haven't got time for lines that explain things there's more corridors to walk up and down oh boy is there you know <laughs> it's just yeah. plodding 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 yeah, and plod, and even plod, when plod, the culprit the the is revealed yeah. It's still tedious after well, heading has been revealed. Yeah, but the trouble is, we we get a whole um, we get a whole execution scene with Peter Davison, and it's boring. We yep. get a trial, and it's boring. Like I say, when um, when they confront heading, and you know, I mean, even if you hadn't seen that it's heading and heard his Michael Gower's voice, as soon as he's nice to the Doctor, you go, he's the villain. Mm. Um, and then the, announce that he's actually the villain. And the doctor's like, oh, not you as well, heading. Yeah, it was me. It's so... No one's putting any effort in. No, no. Um, people should have been sacked for this, I think. Yeah, I don't know what Leonard Sachs made of all this, you know. I don't I'm... know. And it, that's the weird thing, isn't it? You've got, you've got people that can act and are renowned and have won awards. What has gone on? Is it because they put them in those costumes? Did they see the Ergon? And it, they went... Mm. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. All right, well, um, episode four, um, yeah, thing, things um, perk up slightly because we're mainly in Amsterdam now, and as you say, Peter Davison yeah. is, is far more animated while well, he's running around. Um, but before that, of uh, course, we've got the we, transfer of Omega, haven't we? Yeah, but we get the, we get the, the bit that where you, you basically go, ah, oh, that's it, I'm out. Is, uh, someone says something about the Doctor to Omega, and he, he smacks his own fist into his palm. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Oh. This this transfer where Omega is going to transfer across into you know our yeah. uh, you know frame of existence. Why does his um, you know helmet start imploding on itself? I don't know because because he needs he needs a large source of power that he's getting from an elect uh, you know a circuitry board in the crypt. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a power station, this, so I don't know why why a crypt has enough power to bring someone out of a black hole. Um, but they have put a magic time lord device on it, so he's he's waiting for enough power to appear so that he can materialise. But he's already here. But yeah, he starts melting. He's yeah. The Swarfiga comes out. And um, and for some reason he's got yeah no no I I was thinking it was more like a treacle. It could be, yeah. It's it's awful, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that's odd. But even odder 
is when, you know, the doctor goes in to see him, and there he is. He's slouched in this chair, belly yeah. right up, yeah. head de- like he's had deflated. Yeah. yeah, his head's deflated, and he's still threatening the uh, the doctor. I love it. They have a little conversation in it, and he's like, uh, he's just yeah, he's just slouched there. He's like, oh, yeah, you haven't defeated me. And yeah, and then he, um, he pulls off his mask, and for some reason he's Peter Davison. Yeah, I don't get that. No, I... Because I'm because they didn't because they said that if he locks on and uses the the fifth doctor's uh, you know bio whatever it is it will kill the doctor but then now so has he used it is he is he now occupying the doctor's body how is this working right I really did they just want to give Peter Davison something to do I don't know I don't know. Um... So yeah, I mean, he, he he off he wanders, doesn't he? He just walks off. He just leaves them. You know, this new yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Peter Davison walks off, and uh, here we go again, endless up and down the streets of Amsterdam. Yeah. Now, yeah, we've swapped from God. So he, he he kills a gardener and steals his uh, his jumpsuit, um, and then decides to run around Amsterdam. Watches a bit of hurdy gurdy music. He just stops for a hurdy gurdy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be, f- I mean, Peter Davison's at least putting a bit of effort in, and then the Doctor's chasing him, and it just goes on forever and ever, chasing. Him. It, you, I think it was a case of we've paid to bring you over to Amsterdam. We're damn well going to get a lot of shots of it, the Dutch streets. It is. I, so I just want to know dull. what the Dutch made of it because they don't appear to have like cordoned anywhere off. I I wonder even if they had permits. I don't know. Just like guerrilla filmmaking here. Yeah, I mean, you know, in in City of Death, there are a couple of scenes where you've got old Tom and Lala running up and down, um, yeah. you know, streets and on the underground and that. But that's not, you know, half of that episode. No, but also, they join two scenes, so you'll have a scene, then they're going somewhere, and you get another scene. You don't get them going somewhere, them going somewhere. Them going somewhere. Them going somewhere. You know. It's like, look, there he is, uh, over there. Yeah. Run down there. Oh, he's gone. Oh no, look, there he is. He's over there. Let's yeah. go down there. Oh my I god, do, it goes I do on. love also that the gardener guy that he nicks the suit off is wearing big wooden clogs, <laughs> and the hurdy gurdy machine is playing tulips from Amsterdam. Wow. I mean, subtlety, subtlety oh. goes a long way. Um, and the doctor doesn't care. It's like, oh, he's murdered the gardener. Oh, I don't care. Mm. But then uh, Omega, um, the Omega version of the fifth doctor, um, he discovers he's got porridge forming on his hands and face. Well, I thought it was more um, cabbage. Could be. Why is antimatter green? I don't know. I don't know. He turns into somebody else, because that's clearly not Peter Davison yes. under that cabbage. <coughs> no, I think that's the guy who was doing the voice, isn't it? Is it? Um, and I don't know why they didn't just have him playing it the whole time. Yeah. Well, I don't. And it's very sad. Unless it was just too difficult to try and do a double exposure shot with Peter Davison in both. Maybe um, on location it was. Yeah. They could do it yeah, in the could, studio, but not on location. Yeah. So, so they corner him, and he's falling apart. Uh, and evidently, if if he dies of this malady. It will destroy the entire universe, but if he's killed, it won't. So the doctor shoots him in the heart. He, 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 he builds this gun that they're obviously thinking this is like some sort of James Bond 
style putting a gun together scene, and mm. it's not. And then he just shoots him in the heart, and that's the end of Omega. Yeah. Well, it's what a, it. What a tragic end for a character. It indeed. Um, and as I say, I I didn't go down that rabbit hole in the end to find out no, what happened next. Um, so that's Arc of Infinity. Um, yeah. And Arc of Tedium. Arc of Tedium. Yeah. Um, and but of course, you know, Omega lived on in the Sylvester McCoy era. In the we have the Hand of Omega. The Hand of Omega. Yeah. Or I can't say it like Sylvester McCoy does. You say it better, but yeah, he says he says Omega really weirdly. Yeah, Om. He really Omega. Yeah, and yeah, apparently this hand of Omega is a remote stellar manipulator. Yeah, but here you go, um, sort of Doctor fans that like to moan about changing continuity. Um, Why are you not moaning about? Because in the in in um, the Sylvester McCoy episode. Um, the Doctor knows all about Omega. He worked yep. with him. He was there at the time. He knows her. Yeah, John Kurt didn't. He thought no. he was a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain that away. Yeah. And um, also, I mean, the other time that Omega has actually been mentioned in the show is uh, in New Who, isn't it? You know, this uh, timeless children thing um, yes. yep. um, that we've recently... Um, um, you know, watched um, that that tech. I can't say the tech tech Toen or whatever that character's yeah. is stands alongside two other time lords in full regalia, yeah. and the script says we can assume the other two are Rassilon and Omega. Yeah. So technically, Omega, Omega so, yeah, has has yeah. been around in the Thirteenth Doctor's time. I didn't review that one, sorry. No. I'll take your word if you watched it. All right. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, so, uh, and that's it. That's yeah. Omega, um, which Omega starts brilliantly, and uh, they should have left him alone, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's just leave him alone. He, he didn't need to come back. Uh, if you were going to tell a compelling story, <laughs> that's fine. But, but they didn't. They didn't. I mean, they barely told a story. Realistically, what happened in those four episodes, um, Omega... Needs the doctor's imprint, gets it, goes to Amsterdam, dies. Yeah, and that's it. That's a hundred minutes of screen time there. Oh, oh dear. Um, yeah, this isn't a story that I I, I uh, will feel the need to come back and uh, explore, unless I want to laugh at the chicken monster again. Well, you might. I mean, at some point, you might want to make either the a chicken monster, a robot chicken. Or the gun that Peter Davison assembles, you might want to make that. No, oh, no, I didn't like it. I, yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. The, the, the silly colour blue it was, no. either. I, I, I think it sums up this whole story that not even Colin Baker can elevate it, and you know how much I love Colin Baker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's famous for the scene yeah. that, yeah, he he shoots Peter Davison, yeah. but yeah, everyone's forgetting all the tedium of him just going up and down corridors, looking quite miserable. Yeah, I, I remember when, when I first watched this, um, I, d- I don't think I was too impressed with it. And I've got a feeling that fandom is not a, a highly regarded story for fandom. I don't think it's, it's going to be one that... Like, I'll, I'll very, very often get the three Doctors out and watch it for pleasure. I don't think I would ever get Ark of Infinity out for pleasure. No. No, I, I, I don't, as I say, I don't think um, I'm going to 
ever watch it again. No. You know. No. All right. Um, let's let, let let's That's move on a bit. Yeah. Um, we've got Earth dates this week. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, kind of like hard to pin down exactly when it takes place, but looking I'll down on the list that we've done. Yeah. Well, the three doctors. Um, if, if, if I look down the, the list that we're creating, um, we've got for, you, you know, things like the Sea Devils and what have you, you know, uh, the mid-1970s, we, yeah, I think, we decided. I think that sort of fits vague, vague mid-1970s, judging by the uh, haircuts, fashions, yeah, yeah. Um, etc. And then also, you know, for Ark of Infinity, you know, round about the time of Resurrection of the Daleks and everything, it's roughly 1984, which is yeah, uh, contemporary. Yeah. So we'll bung that there. All right. Right. Next bit then. Let, let's, let's do it. Uh, we're going to be doing our tallies on both Omegas, aren't we? Yes. And then yeah. the, the Gel Guards or Gel Guards and Ergon the Chicken. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah, I don't think it's fair to um, to lump uh, Omega together. No, it's, it's basically a different character. Yeah, exactly. So design-wise, yeah. then okay. on, on design all four, wise. design of the first Omega. Uh, first Omega, I think it's, it's it's a lovely design. I like the mask. It's, it's I mean, it's iconic now, but it stands out. Um, he is just wearing a a muumu otherwise, but um, for me, he gets a, a solid eight design an eight all right I, th I, th I think it's a classic I yeah. like you say he's iconic um, I, and especially watching it you know on the big TV on, on DVD yeah. I like the craftsmanship that's gone into that mask the paint it's job on the yeah. mask the, that mottled yeah. weathering is really really fabulous I think yeah it's almost like a, a verdigris effect isn't it? It's yes really yeah yeah it's, it's got a look of um, of like beaten bronze and brass that's yeah been yeah. Age, yeah. So you gave it an eight, but I gave it a ten. Wow. Yeah, no, because I, I love it. I, I, I love it dearly. So design-wise, first Omega gets a nine out of ten. All right. So now we got the uh, gel or gel guards. Um, Look-wise. Yeah. Uh, so design on these, I, I think it's admirable. They've gone for for trying to do something a bit different to the norm. Um, they're not humanoid I like their blobbiness um, design wise on me these these get another eight another yeah, eight yeah. alright well I'm scoring higher than you again wow. um, nine and a half wow wow right because I adore them um, again I love the craftsmanship that's gone into yeah. this because you know it, it's basically like a, a frame of uh, orange tinted blobs yeah. But it, it's a brilliant design. I like. Yeah. I love It'd the be way very that difficult to make, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's been, as I say, yeah. there was only four made, but that would have taken a lot of effort. Um, yeah. And um, I like the color choice. I like this like orange the stuff. Colors are good. Yeah. Um, the colors I, are I nice. like the fact he's only got um, um, one arm oh, yeah. as well. You know. So yeah, I gave it nine and a half. Oh, wow. So so nice that's eight point seven five for the gel guards. Yeah. All right. Let's let's see if the high scoring continues. Yes. Well, here we go then. Second Omega, uh, design-wise. Yeah. Second Omega. Um, I I I've not seen. I'm sure there are like sketches and that for this, but I, I don't remember seeing. If I did, I've forgotten them. Um, I don't know what they were going for here. I I I think someone's seen Alien. Someone wanted to make it. I, 
this none of this says Omega to me. Um, Design-wise, I mean, it, it's it's like the rest of it. It's dull. I I'm going to give it a five, Ooh. and that's I think that's fairly generous for me on that. Okay, um, I I like the helmet. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, you know, know this. Uh, it, they're trying to go biomechanical, aren't they? Yes. You know, it, and weirdly, I, it 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 only lights up. I can't work out what the lighted up is meant to be because sometimes it's in sync with his voice. It's meant to be in sync with his voice at yeah. all the times, you know. I um, overdubbed stuff. Then, I don't know. I quite like it. I like its curviness yeah. and I like the, the the oddness of it. But the rest of the suit, um, <laughs> it's that codpiece bit that gets. Oh, me. it's yeah. It's undone. It's not yeah. even done up. It's so like, I really oh, like I the helmet, but yeah. the rest. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'll give it a six. Oh, yeah. Generous, you're, right. you're very generous. This, week. yeah, yeah, for, for, for Ark of Infinity, did you, I was. Did you have something nice for your team? <laughs> so that's five and a half, it's only just above yeah. average. All that's right, okay. and then we've got Ergon. Where's the, Ergon? She's gone in the kitchen. Um, yeah. this is, I mean, I, I've, I've said this so many times, but I think this has got to be the case with this that this existed before because it makes no sense. At all, it doesn't match anything else we see. This is like someone's made a, you know, they've gone, they got halfway through making an alien suit and gone, you know, what, I really like chickens. <laughs> Do you know what we don't see a lot of? It's alien chickens. Um, I just don't get this one. I don't get it. I, I don't think it's a good design. It's ripping off aliens. You know, I thought the dragon was better, uh, and I didn't like that much. Um, this this is going to get a two for me. I just don't like it. I I don't mind the head. Again, I don't mind the head. It's just the rest of it. Um, it's it's got a paunch, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's a fat, a fat, a fat robotic chicken. chicken. Fat chicken. Okay, I I gave it a three. Yeah. So that's two and a half. Okay. On design. All right. So that's all our designs out the way. Now we've got the effectiveness. We have to go back to first yes. Omega again. So how so effective first is Omega. first? So, so I love the like I said. I like the suit high marks um, they've made it really well and then put that nice suit on Stephen Thorne and have him run 10 out of 10 for me yeah I will join you in that 10 I haven't yeah. wavered I think he looks great and he sounds great and yeah. he's acted Agreed. Yep. fabulously this so. is how you act a villain yeah you know good stuff totally in agreement with you there what about the effectiveness of the gel guards um this, I, I like I like these. I mean, there are a few scenes where they're a bit, a bit uh, wobbly. Like you say, they got a touch of the Alpha Centaurus about their movement. But I like the I like the sound effect they've put on the guns. I don't mind the the, the blobby blobby type noise. <laughs> I like the eye. Um, so so this this goes up. What did I give it for the design? For design, you gave it an eight. An eight. Um, I'm going to go to nine for this. I can't go quite the ten. All right. But I do like the the, the gel strip gel gas. Um, ever since I, like I say, ever since I saw photos of them, I thought this is. Hmm, I like this, and they don't let me down when they uh, appear on the screen. All right. Um, we're, we're going the opposite way now. I'm not as generous. Um, yeah. You I, don't I, like the voice, though, do you? No, I don't like the voice, and I don't like their Alpha Centauri wobble. Um, yeah. So I gave them a seven. So that's an eight, all right, out of effectiveness, all right? Okay. Um, right, the effectiveness of the second Omega, then. Um, where he, his voice is rubbish, 
He doesn't do anything. Are we are we going to have to count Peter Davison's performance at the end? Um, no, that's not. No, that's not no. Um, yeah. Okay. So he slumps. He the minute he thumps his he does that Batman and Robin, G yeah. Batman type manoeuvre. Um, he gets a one from me. He's, the, All right. he's rubbish. All right. I, I gave him a three. I think I've been too oh, generous. Too generous anyway. All right, so that's a two for the second Omega. And how effective was the Ergon? Um, it wasn't zero. It was rubbish. A zero. It, they, okay. The trouble is, you've got the suit. I mean, to be fair, the suit is made quite well. So you put a bit of effort into the making of it. But then you've got an actor that's not an actor. Like you say, he's walking like C-3PO. Because I think at some point someone's told him it's a robot, so he's walking in that weird robot way. And then they decide to um, shoot it in absolute bright studio lights and have it really do nothing. So, yeah, I, I think this is a complete and utter waste of effort. All right. Well, I gave it a half. Right. Generous, I decided, generous. Yeah, I decided to give it something, so I've given it a because half. Because it turned up. <laughs> because, it tur because it existed, yeah. you know. Well, it did, to be fair, it did shoot. Colin, so perhaps we, perhaps we should be. Yes. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna mess up your thing. I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna give it half. A I half. think I was, I was right. too harsh. Yeah, because it does kill Colin. So. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's a half for the Ergon. All right then. So that gives us a final adversary ratings. Then I've got to get my calculator out here, but I know straight away that uh, the very first Omega gets a final adversary rating of nine and a half. Well done, Omega. All right. Which puts him in a caravan rule by himself. All oh, right. Oh, I don't know whether he'd like that or not. He gets bored on his own, doesn't he? He does. He, he, he might start pining for his uh, companions. Um, to one side of him at 9.6, we've got the Daleks from the Daleks. Right. And wow. one below at 9.4... Uh, we've got the Draconians and the Emperor Dalek from Evil of the Daleks. He's in good, he's in good stead there. I mean, he's in yeah. good company. He might try bossing them both around. I you never so, know. Yeah. What do you imagine, really... uh, do you imagine some sort of shouting conversation between him and the Emperor Dalek? <laughs> what do you think his caravan's going to look like? Because he can force it to look like anything he wants. I, I think it? it will start off looking like a top-of-the-range American Winnebago. And by the end of it, it's going to look like the caravan out of Father Ted. Yeah. <laughs> he gets bored. As he, he gets, gets bored, bored and loses yeah. his power. Yes, yeah. All right, so that's him. Um, the jail guards, while we've been yep. wittering on, I've been tapping away on my calculator. They get an adversary rating of 8.4. So they're still, right. still nice and high for them, yeah. Yep, and uh, that puts them in a caravan all by themselves oh, wow. as well, you know? I thought the top end would have been a bit more crowded but I suppose it's not isn't yeah. it? the nearest to them 1.1 up at 8.5 is the supreme Dalek from in right. Invasion and uh, the Daleks from Power of the Daleks so, so he's, a, he's in quite good company as well isn't yeah, he yeah I think he would get on alright because the Daleks could go they, they would really lord it wouldn't they they'd go we've got two arms uh, yes uh, <laughs> yeah true um, alright so second Omega I'm, I'm yep. just uh I think away. he might be at the other end of the caravan park. <laughs> You're not wrong. He has an adversary rating of 3.75. Oh, God. Is All he right. with <laughs> <laughs> 3.75 puts him 
and I'm just writing this down, second Omega. The nearest to him is at 3.6, Don Bannerman, you know, the leader of the Bannerman. Yeah, yeah. that's where he is. Uh, bless him. Oh dear, oh dear. And here we go. All right. Well, I can I can see what that <laughs> is. All right. The uh, Ergon. I don't need my calculator. Guess a one and a half. Okay. All right. I still think that's generous, but no it way. is. He's sharing a caravan with the Scovox Blitzer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can and see that. and the Slither. No, that's a, that's a terrible caravan. There, I don't want to visit that caravan, no, do you? I, I'm, I'm walking past that. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep away from there. Yes, yeah. All right, so that's our tallies uh, behind the scenes. Got a fair bit, actually. Um, mm -hmm. As you say, Stephen Thorne um, played Azal in the Demons, or Daemons, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. and uh, came back for it. Um, originally, um, Omega was going to be called Ohm. It wasn't because of any sort of electrical connection. Oh, right. it, it's because it's who upside down. Oh God. Hmm. That's both genius and awful. Yeah, and rejected oh, by right. Barry Letts. It's yeah, Barry Letts who changed it to uh, Omega. All right. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I like Omega. Um, that, um, you know, I'm, I don't know what to make of that. Whether that would be really clever or really stupid. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to think about. It. I'm going to have to sleep on that one. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you've you've mentioned this a, a few times on the show tonight um, about you know Omega's castle. Have you got that information? Is that in the novel that he was in a castle? Yeah. So in the novel, they they say that when he first got there, he 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 made this grand, amazing castle, this palace, and it was like top end. Uh, and then he got bored, and he couldn't be asked to keep it up, so it ended up as like this run-down castle type thing. Um, yeah, it's not it's not described as a a door lent against a uh, a mine shaft or something like we get in this. Right, because yeah, the original script um, it wasn't meant to be on this like you know reservoir in Hertfordshire yeah. where they filmed it. It was actually meant to be on a beach, uh, which led to an imposing castle. Uh, All right, so that, that sort of. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And in the original script, um, it, it was a graveyard, which was the portal to the antimatter universe, uh, through through a particular gravestone. That's interesting, because that's sort of... I wonder if that's what they revisited in Ark of Infinity that, with the, the mausoleum. Oh, maybe. The maybe. And that. Yeah. Now, that would have been darker, wouldn't it? It would have, yeah. Um, now, the gel guards... Um, they were built by James Atchison, and as I said, I, so only four were made. Yes. And now the lower section was latex on a frame, like a big skirt, if you will, um, yeah. hung from the actor's shoulders. So you know they were like wearing braces. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, and the and the upper half was a solid piece with very limited vision, um, and yeah, each actor had a, a large eyeball on a headband. And that's what oh. you can see. That's how they worked it. Because as they're walking along, in front of them is the clear eye right. surface. And, yeah, they would move their head from side to side. And that's how come that it looks like the eye is looking around. Which oh, yeah. I think is a Such really a, clever idea. Yeah, it's really clever, that. and Because I, I was wondering how they, what mechanism it was. That's such a simple idea. But it works so well. I do like the, the moving eye in it. Yes, yeah. Um, Terence Dix suggested that Omega would actu actually take on three forms, one for each Doctor, okay? Uh, one would be saintly, one good, 
and one somewhere in between. Alright. Mm. I suppose the budget wouldn't stretch. I guess, I guess, yeah. Um, now, the second episode, all the bits with the third Doctor and the others in the corridor, you know, escaping and yeah. running around and everything, that's all padding because that episode was seriously underrunning. Wow, that would have been amazingly underrun because that's a fair bit of padding. That's a lot of padding, yeah. Uh, in the original script, Omega was supposed to be seven to eight feet tall. I've yeah. never seen an eight foot tall Time Lord before, have you? No, I don't think they're that big. I mean, his helmet's quite big, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, the jail guards were played by Dalek operators. Oh, right. Bit of a change for them, yeah, including John Scott Martin, Cy Town, and Murphy Grumbar. Oh, little John Scott Martin in one of the suits. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Steve Atchison. Is that, no, no, James Atchison, sorry. James um, Atchison, yeah. yeah. Um, also created Omega's Mask. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, he went on to work on Time Bandits, Meaning of Life, Highlander... Daredevil, you know, etc., yeah. etc., et um, and then Ergon and Omega in the um, uh, Arc of Infinity. That was made by Imagineering, you know, this yes, out, I, outside company. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember some article somewhere about Imagineering doing the uh, Omega stuff. Mm. And that's headed by Richard Gregory. Yeah. All right, the guy in charge was Richard Gregory, who had also. Um, built the new look, um, you know, Cybermen, um, and Terry Leptal. He was responsible for yeah. Terry Leptal. And um, get this right, this is my final bit of uh, uh, behind the scenes. Richard Gregory liked his Omega suit so much, if you look carefully on his chest, his chest plate is, has got an R and a G. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, he likes it so much he's actually signed it by having his initials on, on the chest plate. Mm. <laughs> Do you think he wanted to take that back once he saw, you know, the oh, guy slouching yeah. like that with his treacle coming out? Yeah, of, and of wow, the head. I bet that ruined it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Here you go, Richard. You can have it back. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're nearly done. Um, does do either of these stories appear on your top ten list? Um, I think the three doctors might. What? What have we got around the? the if we go from the bottom yeah. upwards, right? So in tenth place, you've got the crotons. Yeah, okay. And let's go up. All right. Next one at number nine, you've got the curse of Peladon. Up. Web of fear. What's above the web of fear? The Daleks. No. Okay. Just below web of fear. All right. Just there, so that's. Uh, I mean, we lose the crotons, but crotons, bye bye. They, they, they've fair, been on your would, list yeah. a long time. They have, yeah. And I would rather watch the three doctors than the crotons. I think. All so, right. Yeah, okay. Well, I've I've put mine quite high. Um, my, mine is in fifth place. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So mine's what's your top five. No? Uh, top five, three doctors, uh, then the sea devils, horror, fang rock, robot, and number one, pyramids of Mars. That's a good, mm. uh, good line-up in any way. Yeah, I'll happily watch any of those if you want yeah. to put them on for me. What, yep. uh, what's my top five? Just Your top five, Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah, num at Number four, Inferno. Love it. Number three, Keys of Marinus. Love it. Number two, Pyramids of Mars. And number one, Horror of Fang Rock. Okay, no, I'll stick with that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but 
yeah, you know, are we going to, um, you know, have one in your top ten next time? Because yeah, next time, it's William. We're back to the first yeah. Doctor, and it's your choice, isn't it? Yeah, Bill, Billy Bob's back. Um, are you going to cost me money? Well, I hope not. I might. I don't know. I don't know how much um, William Hartnell you've got. To be not honest. as much as other ones. Oh dear. Um, so for this one, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good clue. Um, the, okay. Uh, it features. It features uh, space anorax. Space. For, yeah. Heavily features space anorax. What people wear in space yeah, anorax. Yeah. The, the, it's one of the few few programs where you can see the Doctor wearing an anorak. The Doctor wearing an anorak. Yeah. This isn't ringing any bells. No. I think I might be buying this. No, the, no. What about um, what if I said the words pantomime ant to you? Oh, that's the Web Planet. Yay! Yeah, the Zabi. Which I I've, I've never seen. Have you never? Oh my God! I've never oh, owned it. I've yeah. never seen it. I've only seen the clips to. where they trundle out the Zabi as as terrible oh, right. examples of uh, BBC special effects. This is going to be fascinating. Then. I th I'm, I thought you'd seen it. I thought nope. you were familiar with never it. Never seen it. Um, I know. I know. I know ooh. the. I know the photos of the of yeah. the Zabi and the giant moth bloke. Um, but that's the all I know about. I don't know yeah. anything about it at all. Ooh, exciting! That does mean you've probably got to buy it then. I'm yeah. You yeah, but that's not a prob. That's not a prob. Um, so, who is the adversary we're talking about? Uh, so, I think so. You've got the main adversary, which is the animus, um, which is like a basic big cancerous growth. Um, but I think we should also include the uh, the Zabi. All right. You know, so I think Zabi main one, but I think animus. Yeah, Zabi and Animus, Animus yeah. and Zabi. All right, yeah. Well, I don't mind getting that. I mean, it no, fills in a, a, a gap in my collection and, and my knowledge, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, it does. And it'll be. I think this will be an interesting because it's not. It's not a. I don't think it's a clear cut. I think fandom is incredibly divided on it. Is it? I won't tell you what I think of it, but yeah, it's incredibly divided on, on, whether it's a, a groundbreaking, amazing story or whether it's um, a bridge too far for the budget right um, so yeah oh. ah this is this has made me excited now because I don't we don't get many that you haven't seen at all no no are you ne gonna do your never seen your, it at all your live notes on it I like them yes I will do yeah yeah, yeah okay. absolutely all right well I'll go off and get that right now then Excellent. how many episodes is it do you know uh, six six oh yeah, yeah. better hurry up <laughs> okay. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right okay okay folks yeah yeah join us back um, clock yeah. is reset we are back at the very beginning um, yeah, join us on Vortis yes it, pantomime ants yeah. all right okay all right okay see you then then Ian Good stuff. Thanks, right. then. bye bye, bye.